What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of HVAC R&D with Ryden and Dennis. Uh, we got Ryden here tonight. We're gonna be uh, gonna be try to we're gonna cover some uh, some myths, some HVAC myths that I get. As y'all know, I'm tech support and trainer. Um, Ryden's in sales. He's got some myths too. We're gonna go over just some stuff that uh, we kind of grew up with that you think's the right way. Uh, you know, 20 year guy tells you it's that and you just go with it. Some stuff that I kind of found out on my own hard way. But, um, yeah, we'll go over that. And, uh, of course, we're going to cover, we may touch on the aftermath of the fat guy on the ropes course. That was our last episode. <laughs> got to uh, check on Ryden and see how he got over that. My shin still uh, hurt. <laughs> I still can't believe we didn't get a video of that. Um, of course, we'll cover some more stuff about life and uh, things we come across in the HVAC world. So without further ado, get my son Corey to kick the old intro music. What's up, everybody? Riding here. Uh, so, like Dennis said, uh, there was, you know, some residual irritation from the ropes course. <laughs> I'll say that. Uh, my shins were bruised up pretty good from. I really, I don't even know what to call that one obstacle. Um, I was gonna say, what'd you hit your shins on? The so. The very first obstacle is just like a basic, you know, climb up a wall. That's the easiest one. Yep. And then you walk kind of across a bridge that wobbles back and forth. And then the third one, um, it's a, it's another kind of ropes bridge, but it's like these big, I'd say probably six inch diameter cylinders. And they're hanging oh, with yeah, ropes yeah. on they're each swinging. end. And you kind of work down about six of them as they, and, and then you have to work back up the other side. So it kind of, if you were looking at it from the side, it kind of goes down and up like a, a wide V. Right. The headache is, you know, when, when you're momentum, you step on one and immediately it's just start swinging forward. So then you come swinging backwards and you hit the one that's behind you. So then it swing, you know, it's like those little, you always see like the the five little suspended metal balls people have, and they, yep, you know, ping them back and forth. Well, so my shins were what shin. getting pinged back and forth between the ones in front of me <laughs> and behind me the whole time because my fat hind end I moved from one to the other, and it's you know here we go <laughs> flying into the one in front of me and behind me, and it's not so bad going down, but it's when you're trying to come go back up the the next side as soon as you push forward 
you knock the one in front of you up a little bit, and when it comes back, since it's shorter than the other one, it slams you right at the shin. Ah. So, <laughs> I'm sitting there, you know, trying to not swing back and forth so much, and at the same time, I'm trying to, like, turn one leg halfway a little bit in front of the other one so it just didn't obliterate my shin every time it hits me. So the takeaway on that is... uh, Don't be a fat guy and get on the ropes course. Still fat, still still out of shape. (laughs) Still fat, still out of shape. (laughs) Uh, But now Dee's looking good. Dee's been in the gym the last, what, six weeks again now? Uh, Yeah, I feel like I started September 1st. The, The COVID... The COVID got on me, man. The quarantine. The quarantine, Billy. The, quar- the quarantine alcohol the, got the on me. The quarantine 15, so the freshman 15. Yeah. Man, I think it, I was probably heaviest I've ever been. I mean, I'm I'm 5'10", and I, I think I hit 215, maybe a little more, and it just doesn't sit well on me. I feel you. So, yeah, September 1st, I, got, I go to the gym at least three days a week. I go at four, though, so... Well, I get up at four. I go from five to six. I just can't go in the afternoon, man. I can't. I can't get in the mood. I got too much life stuff going on. I know. I miss. That's that was one of the one things I missed about working out so much. Um, used to when I worked. I can't work out at home. Business, you know. Well, I'd, I'd get done. I got done at five working. You know, with Dad's business when I was running the office, and then uh, I grew up. You know, I grew up in a little bitty tiny town and right. most all of us that had played some kind of sport in high school and was friends with the right people, they would they'd give us keys to the middle school weight room. So I mean I'd yep. leave the office and go straight to the middle school and lift every day. I'd use the meat. That'd be sweet. My kid, childhood best friends, either Eric or Corey or one of us would end up being there all at the same time every afternoon. So it was like being halftime was like being back in high school again. Yeah, I'm trying not to hit it like so hard that I get burnt out. I'm just trying to change just something to maintain just lifestyle, just going in. Of course, I couldn't get in there, obviously, during the big quarantine. The gym wasn't open. Well, hell, the rate we're going, it might not be again here soon. I know. Yeah, I mean, just pushing a little weight around just makes you feel better. Um, Of course, you know, we try to do these podcasts at night and (laughs) – by 8 30 man i'm drifting and i'm like god i just couldn't do it i can't go i can't start it right now I'll fall asleep yeah but so yeah we was wanting i was wanting to go over some myths um i say myths these are just things as a tech guy now you know a lot of tech guys beat up uh beat up technicians you know you should know that you should know that why don't you know that why are you calling me for that of course if it was like that, I wouldn't have a job, right? So, um, it's job security for one. But once once I got on this side of the industry, I realized I got a little time to, to read up on it or research on it. You know, it's weird when you're when you're in the field, uh, you just don't think about research and stuff. You get home, you're just done. I don't think a lot of tech guys understand that. Um, or tech support guys. They just think you're supposed to know it, but that's just not what the industry is. Well, um, I think it, at times, I think, you know, guys that have come out of the field and if they've, some of them don't do a good job of remembering what it was like to be there, you know? Right. 
you're still you're still fresh and you know, the biggest challenge for you is just constantly remaining with that same mindset which i think because oh you, yeah you know and you do a lot more job sites than than any tech guy that i've seen and that's not not really due to um equipment problems but there's a lot of times where you will go out and you'll you know you'll just support a business owner wanting to take a look and see if you know their guys need some pointers anything they want to look at um there's a lot of things that you've brought to the table now that we didn't have before um and I feel yeah i mean like i'd rather kinda, do that you know you're kind of redefining you're redefining your role in this this industry yeah i'm trying man it's uh i'd rather do that and sit sit in a desk of course i'd rather sit in a desk than go in an attic all day but um so yeah let's i was gonna touch on uh so first thing i want to touch on ryan's got some notes here as always of course I'm, I'm looking at the end here and it says tech guys are great dice shooters oh yeah we're, we're gonna talk <laughs> about these to prowess that. at the craps table later stay tuned <laughs> all right so we got psc motors never break um <laughs> that's a good yeah, right yeah so I don't know, you can maybe go through the dates. I'm terrible with the dates on, uh, of course, we know PSC, motor, PSC motors cannot be put in uh, furnace or air handlers anymore. Um, but, you know, I get I, I get the older guys, you know, I'm 38, but I get the older guys that when they're in the branch and it's shop talk, you know, we're at the counter and they bring in back an ECM motor or constant torque for warranty. And they're like, man, these things just suck, man. These things, you know, which we're still working on it. You know, when I say we, I mean just the industry is still working on getting some some pretty solid variable speed motors or ECM motors um, that'll withstand moisture, you know, on a, on a, on an air handler. But um, on a PSC motor, when when you put it under stress or the static pressure goes up right it doesn't know what's going on it's not smart it just turns so when that pressure is pushing back on it it will slow down or hunt as some guys say it'll kind of like it's slipping almost um but if you take an amp meter and put it on that when that's happening it, it the amp draw goes down yeah so and you know what's going to happen next is it's going to last forever. It's basically as, as the filter gets dirty, you know, in three months or somebody closes a damper, or let's just say it's a zone system and stuff's cutting on and off. Um, amp draw is going to go down. Next thing you know, the motors it's, it's working half as hard and it, it lasts forever. You know, I've changed out some GE motors, you know, three years ago that were 30 something years old. Yeah in a furnace i'm like jesus um but an ecm motor which that's the other kind of myth right like i mean what do you what do you hear guys i know you get it all the time guys okay. call you they want to price equipment they get them all confused man what i mean well they they get them confused and then you know um the other thing i hear a lot of times too is, you know with a psc motor they just they you know they want old reliable because like you said they in a lot of cases they don't they've not seen it you know 
in the same environment you put them in to make them see it in a training class. Um, right. They just that's what they always used when they when they learned what they learned, and that's just what they're comfortable with. They don't like the thought of you know a motor that a computer is even more involved with taking over a process. Uh, so I think there's sometimes there's a bit of technology frustration there. Yeah, the change. Nobody's. I mean, most people don't like change, but yep. HVAC has been stale for a long time. You know, PSC yeah. motors, pistons, uh, beer can cold. Well, like, you you say pistons. Those days are just gone. Yeah, you say I mean, pistons. That's the other thing because with ECM motors, in a lot of cases, you know, when everything was PSC. You had to have a TXV indoor and outdoor to make 14 sear to rate in the southeast. There's no way around it. Right but now, you know, when you get, you know, about a sear booster a little bit more because the base model is now an ECM motor, you know, a lot of times what's typically would have been a 14 sear mashup before, now that the base furnace has that ECM motor in it and you have TXVs, you're getting 15, 16 sear on everything three ton and under the brand we sell, even with a base system. So, oh yeah, but that's another thing guys don't realize. Like, well, why am I paying more for it? I said, well, you're actually getting a higher, you know, you're getting a higher efficient system than you even realize. So now I've started to have people ask me, well, since I've got the ECM motor, can't we just put a piston in the coil and drop it back to fourteen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're if here's the thing, if what whether TXVs suck or not, I mean, you know you might as well embrace it. I mean, I'll be honest. If I was in the field, I'd be looking forward to, um, variable speed, everything and electronic expansion valves. Then the only thing we're really troubleshooting a lot of times is the thermistors that drive all these. Um, they're easy to change, you know, unplug a thermistor and change it out. But cause on a variable speed motor, and I, when I say ECM, ECM is the type that's an ECM can be a constant torque or it can be a variable speed or constant so, volume, however you want to call it. Yeah. So constant torque is exactly what it is. Like on the air handler, you got five speeds. We'll just use an air handler example, right? It's got a constant torque. So tap one is this torque volume tap two is this torque percentage tap three is this torque percentage right and it goes up so when static pressure goes up or you close a duct and you got pressure pushing down on that motor it can sense that and it will work harder to maintain whatever that plug you got it in like if your speed tap is in five you got your wire on five and that's you know 90 percent torque yeah it's going to try to maintain that. That does not mean it spins faster. Exactly. That, that means it's going to work harder to maintain that torque. So it's going to push harder to maintain that, which what happens? The amp draw goes up yep. like substantially, especially on a zone system that ain't set up right, which I mean, you're, you, you see, so you see more of what guys are changing out. They're calling you in price jobs. Yeah. Um, I see. When you take a PSC job out furnace and you throw in a constant torque 
and it's zoned. Yep. That motor's probably coming back to the branch in a year. Oh, uh, one even a PS, excuse me, even a constant torque that's not zoned. If right. they're put well, in a terrible static situation, which uh, I'll tell you in our market, there is not I'm not saying anywhere else probably has any better ductwork from the seventies, eighties, and nineties, but in Charlotte, it's horrible. In most places around yep. Charlotte, it is absolutely just junk. Uh, Georgia. Georgia wasn't no better. I mean, the thing is, nobody you know, nobody wants to sell a duck job, or they can't. Yep. Of course, we got a lot of you know, we got a lot in this industry. We got a lot of HVAC guys that are techs, and they're not salesmen because they're they're technicians. But it's it's becoming a time where I wish they could really sell. <laughs> You know, not to rip people off, but duck jobs are, I mean, when you start talking about TXVs reacting to the motors that are reacting, like it's not apples to apples anymore on a change out. No, it's not. Um, the, uh, man, I went to so many calls, um, as a technician here in Charlotte, I was just a technician here for seven months, but. I'd go out to a call and I'd be like the fifth or sixth guy there with our company. Yeah. Like, well, he did this. Well, he changed the TXV. Well, he changed the TXV too. You know, the homeowner's giving me the rundown. I'm like, geez, okay. And I, all I would get out of my van is a manometer. Yeah. Cause it, I got to check the static pressure first. And every time it was either super high in the, in the supply side and the cold air was just backing up, you know, cause they said it would freeze up. Um, or it was just struggling on the return like crazy. And, uh, of course then it's overcharged and it just goes on and on and on. Yep. Um, and that's that training class I've been given, man, these guys are, it's just two hours, but, um, so after five branches, you know, just a recap on that. After five branches, probably, uh, I don't know, 50, 50 something people total. I had like five guys that owned a manometer. Sounds about that right. Owned a, owned a manometer, right? I had like, um, the rest of them, not only did they not own a manometer, they didn't even know what it was. One guy would say, yeah. And well, out of the five guys, right? Like, uh, two of them said, yeah, I got one of those. I use it to check gas pressure. Like <laughs> he didn't even know it would check the airflow. <laughs> um, and I, you know, that's the thing. And that's where I was getting back to like the tech support guys. I mean, they're just beating up on these guys, but he learned from that guy mm -hmm. who learned from that guy who learned from that guy. And, you know, 60 years of experience they just get lucky. I mean, I yeah. think we get lucky a lot in this industry, man. We do a change out and we cross our fingers and it works and it's good. We go to the next one and we're like, yeah, we did that last time. It worked great. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, I, th I think going to variable speed, everything is going to help us on sizing. Um, it's gonna, you know, I don't know when that's coming. It's it's not far off. And I've got I've got a few guys that, um, luckily there's a few of them that that sell a decent bit of, at least our single stage variable speed stuff, especially on the heat pump side. Um, right. 
because I mean, constant torque in a furnace is one problem. Constant torque in a heat pump is a whole another. I, I honestly see, I see more issues with heat pump constant torque motors than I do furnaces. And we're well because we're pretty yeah, the, the pull through. Yeah. And there's, they were, you know, when those, when they first come out, which been a long time, when they first came out, um, whether it was Nidec or Gentech or whoever it was, or, you know, the moisture from just a saturated coil, right? Which led us to airflow and led us to charging. Like it all leads back, but yeah, the moisture going into that, that, uh, that module and that motor, it didn't like that. Didn't like it at all. Um, no, of course, when I go to each branch and look at the warranty pile, we got TXVs and we got motors. Um, mm -hmm. how much of that is misdiagnosis? Of course, we got a ton of boards. <laughs> um, it's always the board, right? Yep. I mean, just change the board out. I have guys that call me and go, I've already, you know, when they call me, it's bad. Yeah. So they've already, I always say, well, what did you change there? already? <laughs> So what can I roll out? Well, I've changed the board. I've changed the flame sensor, changed uh, the pressure switch. It's still doing it. Did you check yeah. the gas pressure? Oh, crap. We don't even have any gas pressure. Huh? Oh, they got the gas turned off. <laughs> they didn't pay the bill. Well, that, and I mean, there's also, there's, there's so many times where I think guys are just pushed to get from call to call to call to call as fast as they possibly can. That the first thing they see that they think is the problem, they, they get lucky, like you said, fix it and move on, not realizing that there's something that's maybe causing that to be the problem. They just, they don't go past, they don't go deep enough. I don't feel like a lot of times anymore. No, I mean, I, and I got to where when I was doing service, like you, you gotta, you gotta double check and double check again and, and back it up. I mean, I, if, if you're working for a company that wants you to do seven, eight calls a day, which I've been there, um, unless they're in the same neighborhood and they're all capacitors, like that's too many calls. Yeah. Um, in the summer, I mean, I get it, man. You know, it's time to make the money, but when you change a part and you have to go back three more times cause you still can't figure it out, you ain't made no money. No. Cause you can't just keep charging. Nope. Cause now, now you're, you know, you can't figure it out. Um, yeah, I mean, four, four calls a day, five calls a day. Um, and if you're done early or whatever, and you want to grab another one, that's fine. But, um, yeah, I think that, of course, that's a whole nother podcast <laughs> trying to manage, you know, HVAC company. A lot of these guys are just, all this money comes at them in the summer, man. And it's, uh, most of these are tech guys. They're not, uh, business people. So. It doesn't work. <laughs> that's true. But that's what we're here for. Trying to help them out. Um, I run into that all the time because, you know, I've got, I've got some guys that are really just super good guys. They're really good to their employees. But, you know, my father, prime example, he just, you know, he didn't have business experience really. No, that's not me saying he, he never knew anything about business. Um, right. But the, you know, the background and his education was, you know, he was Navy veteran, uh, 
Well, he's technical. Yeah, yeah, he's technical hands-on. Happy Veterans Day to everybody listening. You know, this is going to get posted way later than Veterans Day, but I'll say it before I forget. Right. Um, We know he was Navy, shipyard, oil rig, chemical plant, you know, HVAC business. There was no, you know, in any of those jobs he was in, you know, he was either a supervisor or an employee. He wasn't a business owner. Yeah, he wasn't doing until the very end. So it's, you know, these guys, you know, they learn a great trade and they learn a great skill. The headache is a lot of times they don't, they don't always know the, the business side of it, and then that starts leading to a lot of bad habits in the beginning. Um, right, and it's just, you know, and then you know. One of the biggest things I hear all the time is a lot of guys just think sales guys are crooks. Well, some are. I'll be honest, yeah. some are. You know, we dealt with some that, that you know, we bought from. Um, right. But, you know, that's that's unfortunately that's going to be it. You know, I, I got into this side of the business, one, because I felt like I'd already had a career in the field. Um, right. By the time I was 24, I was just, I was... I was worn out. I wanted to do something a little bit different. Um, I wanted, I wanted Chris and I to be able to kind of get out and go build our own life instead of just staying where we were. Um, but my biggest takeaway from, you know, looking at it from from the other side was, I wanted a salesperson to come in, and help me be better, help me learn things better. You know, there were so many right. I mean, even even just with equipment product knowledge, which is where you know we talk about these eight-hour death by PowerPoint classes for product. Sometimes, every now and then, it would be nice if I actually got to do a true you know one two-hour product course to really just let guys know what's in stuff. Because um, I think there's a lot of situations that guys get into. Um, I had a contractor yesterday that had you know a real headache with trying to figure out how to deal with a. 30 year old pancake system in a business and luckily wow. i've got that side of experience too so I, I left and went went to the job site for the guys installer just to try to help them kind of take a look at it from a different perspective but i wanted to be able yeah, to man, add value a, on all sides i think a lot of you know not all sales guys and hvac for a distributor have had that background no i mean i guess you just hope you get one of course i know you run loads for guys and stuff like that just helping them out giving them ideas on um because you've been there you've done that that's what's that's what you need to find as a well and especially if you're just getting into this you need to find a distributor with a somebody can help you out i tell you another reason that i that i try a lot of times to really dig into how guys do installs too is also because i know that if i can get them more accustomed to even thinking about putting it in right that's less headaches you and i are both gonna have for the next 10 years with that system when it goes in um oh yeah i'm still gonna get i mean we're still gonna get fly by nighters chucking a truck still cruising around because guess what that you know a guy walk into the branch and he might look like a chuck in a truck but then he's literally just asking you know asking for some help maybe it's him and one guy and in two or three years that guy could be massive 
So you don't really know day to day who's coming in, what they could be. Nope. Of course, he could be a huge pain in the ass too. But it happens. Um, you never know. So, one of the the other myths that I think is just crazy. I mean, these things that that we learn about in this industry, and you think, man, I did this for so long, and I didn't know how that worked. Um, it's it kind of blows my mind because I did the same thing, but. Um, the flame sensor, the old magic flame rod. Um, the, the guy replaced Steve. He, I guess, I can't remember how he said it, but he said, yeah, I think every time he said, when they uh, bring the flame sensor in, I'm going to clean it up and put it back on the shelf and just charge them again for it. He said, we'll, we'll make a killing in this place. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) you know, if the if the ceramic's not cracked on that thing, it's just a steel rod, right? Yep. Um, so of course it's winter time now. We're getting in the well. Not today. It was eighty something degrees, but um, what is it? November. It's the eleventh. Um, yeah, it was steamy out there today. But so last week I was getting a couple heat calls, and I had I get at least two a week when it starts. Um, furnace comes on. It lights, the burners go, and it pops right out and starts back over again, right? So I take the flame sensor out, we clean it, stick it back in, same thing. Yep. Um, Take it back out, bring it to the branch. I need a flame sensor. This one's not any good. Now, do we, how do we check that? right the system says it uh couldn't sense flame well yeah i mean why is that right you know how how does it even do that so of course while he's there he grabs a board too um because it's got to be the board right so he takes it back swaps the flame sensor swaps the board fires it up pops out same thing um so the guy that called me was a he was an older guy. He's sound like he's probably in his late forties. Super nice guy. Calls me all the time just to bounce stuff off me, right? And I said, you know, what is your voltage on the flame rod itself? And he's like, Excuse me? And I'm like, That that flame rod has got ninety volts on it. It should have ninety volts. I've seen them work all the way down to sixty. But a good training board or, you know, a brand new system, um, with a good electrical, you know, going to it, you should have 90 volts. So he, so when he, I said, take your meter, put it on alternating current, just regular volts, right? High voltage, touch one lead to ground and touch the flame rod with your meter. And I heard it beep on the phone. He's like, dude, I got like 89 volts on this rod. I'm like, right. So <laughs> the way that he's like, I didn't know that was there. I'm like, well, a lot of people don't. Um, so when that furnace lights and those flames hit that voltage sitting on that rod, there's no amps there. It's just volts. Yep. It's almost like an outlet in the wall, right? With nothing plugged into it. Um, when those flames hit that flame rod, it turns into its flame rectification happens right then. So it's a, you know, positive negative electrons blah 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 so 
negative DC voltage then comes back through the burner bar because it's metal there back to ground if you ever notice there's a little ground wire screwed to your burner bar there so it goes back through ground back to the board so that DC is microamps DC um, it's the little U and a DC on your meter there which a lot of meters don't have it but that signal should be um, anywhere from 2.5 to 4 volts or microamps DC that's what lights up the little flame sensor light so if you look if you on, on the when you're hooking up the high voltage on your furnace on the cover the wire cover where you wire not everything together it says loose neutral or bad ground will cause furnace not to sense flame so when guys don't have when they got a flame sense problem i always say go back to the voltage the high voltage there redo your wire nuts check the switch go all, keep going back check the panel make sure all the grounds and all the neutrals are tight and they usually don't call me back um so it's kind of crazy how it's just i could literally take a coat hanger put 90 volts on it <laughs> stick it in there and it'll sense flame you know what i mean it's just a steel rod so um don't clean it with a dollar bill i don't know what where that got i, I heard I, that from an old I guy i heard that one before and i hadn't yet to understand it at all so if you're gonna clean it like literally i cleaned mine with the sandpaper that i cleaned my copper with like sand the shit out of it it's just steel um, it gets any of that carbon build up off of it so yeah, I mean, if you if you put your meter in line and put it on mi microamps DC, when that flame hits that rod, you can see it on your meter. Um, and if you've got like 1.2, then either the rod's dirty or you don't have enough voltage going to it, which could be loose connection or bad neutral. Or I've literally seen a house that was so old that the ground rod outside, driven into the ground, was rusted off. Oh, jeez. Right? And now this flame sensor. Now the furnace won't sense flame. <laughs> I mean, how, it God, has how to, long did it take you to figure that one out? Uh, well, once you, once you get calls like this, I mean, I always tell them, start going back. You know, start at your furnace, then go to your switch or your disconnect or your breaker and keep going back. And you may find it. Of course, we had a guy that, temporarily somebody went it was i don't know why but he plugged the furnace in with a drop core temporarily winter came around wasn't since flame because he didn't have a ground on the drop cord um because i guess he was having some electrical work done but now you know if it's not coming off the board if the voltage is not coming off the board and everything else is where it should be then yeah you could have a board issue right but um god as soon as it got cold i got like four of those right out of the gate <laughs> but typically it's an older furnace you know what i mean seven eight years old it's not something new um or i always say well how old is the house oh they're like oh it's just this thing's old as crap dude it's like 100 years old i'm like well <laughs> go outside and see if there's a ground rod <laughs> yeah let's tackle this one first Yep, let's do that first. But yeah, that's a good one there. I mean, 
Um, I'm telling you, 70 to 80%, if not higher, don't know that voltage is there. And they say it's millivolts or it's, and it's weird how that stuff, it's like a rumor. It just keeps traveling. It just keeps going and going and going. And, you know, it's all because we're just, we don't want to, we don't want to learn the right way. We just want to learn from the guy that trained us because he's yep. got to know he's been doing it 40 years. Yep. Um, and I hate to be that guy that constantly tries to, you know, debunk that guy. But if it's wrong, it's wrong. I mean, it's what it is, but. Well, we're talking about, uh, things that kind of are falling down the electrical line of things. Um, Another thing we hear a lot, and I'm sure you hear it too, um, is people that haven't used our brand of equipment before, you know, but they've used Goodman or any other brand. Um, oh, God, I know where you're going you know with exactly this. You know exactly where I'm going with this. Uh, <laughs> you know, you get that that call back the day, you know, the day they're putting it in that afternoon. And like, man, this compressor's bad. It's running backwards. Or that, you know, you get just something random. Right. And you know it's the first thing they've put in. You're like, do what now? They're like, well, every time I try to go into heat, it starts to cool. And every time I try to go to cool, it starts to heat. And I said, well, uh, <laughs> what did you wire it to? Is it to B or to O? And I'll let you do the full technical jargon of that. But, you know, the biggest thing is, you know, our, our brand energizes a reversing valve and heat. And what yep. and what a lot of people don't oh, know. Oh, they're going to know what brand we are now. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> um, well, so... We could be one of, what is there, like six of them now? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. where I can't keep up with all the brands well, we now, be, man. We I could be discussing to... commercial. You don't know. Um, That's right. But no, it's so people think it's yeah, I mean, when, well when heat so when heat pumps came out, like it was a you know it's a south thing, right? I mean yep. we got heat pumps up north now because we can get we can get more heat out of them, especially mini splits. But yep. um, far as just a ten sear or whatever, when it come out, um, the idea was to energize the reversing valve in heat because if it failed or it was stuck and it couldn't go into heat you would have electric strips as your backup right because you're i mean you're in the south i mean electric strips would be fine yep um should it energize in cooling so which is the so on the stat you're going to see an o and a b right o you know, obviously get, get colors out of your head. O, o is going to energize that wire in cooling. 24 volts. And on a B terminal, it's going to energize it on heat. So, depending on the brand and how the reversing valve works, with our brand, we put it on B because we want 24 volts there in heat mode. So, you put it in heat. The valve... Now... The other thing a lot of guys don't realize is when you put the thermostat on heat, right? 
no call for heat. You just click it over to heat. Yep. When you do that, it energizes that reversing valve right then. But you're usually inside and you don't hear it click. Yep. Um, and it stays energized. Now, pressure obviously is what moves our valve, not just that clicking. That's just the piston moving in that valve. But once the unit fires up, pressure slides the valve um, into heat, right? And you're good. And then um, when you go back to cooling, it just, it's good. It just de-energizes and stays de-energized all summer. On the other brands, right, when they get a call on yellow for cool, energizes the valve in cooling system gets satisfied yellow drops off the valve goes back so all summer it's boom boom you know it's back and forth back and forth now in the south if we were to energize that valve in cooling and it failed we don't have backup cooling nope. and that's the, the fan and the windows open doesn't cut it um <laughs> So, which in the South, which where we are, that is the total wrong way to do it. You got to energize it in heat. It yep. just, it just makes sense. Um, well, and, and when but, heat pumps came out, every brand did it that way. Um, right. Really, that's I'm, what I mean. Yeah. And my only guess is maybe they switched away from it, you know, because they had a, they were starting to sell more heat pumps, you know, in different markets that actually needed it to energize, you know, or it would energize less in cooling. I don't know, but I feel like South yeah, is still doesn't. the predominant heat pump market in the country, even though it's 14 sear nationwide. It's the only thing that has a nationwide sear mandate as opposed to others. But right. Um, well, the thing, like when I'm doing class, right, doing a heat pump class, I go, all right, so the reverse involved some, some dude always goes, yeah, y'all do it the wrong way. I'm like, no, there's, there's just two ways. Yeah. <laughs> no, we do it the wrong way because you used to put in this brand and now you put this brand in and you're like, damn it, I got to switch now. Because um, <laughs> there's that, that change again. That quarter of an inch to the left or right when you <laughs> put that wire in the thermostat is going to kill you. Yeah, I mean, I tell the younger guys too. I'm like, look, don't get hung up on color. Like, if you're a, if you're an installer, I don't care what you use. If if you're putting in a system that brown is common, because I love that. I'm like, what what's common? And they all go blue, and I'm like, no, blue is not common. Blue is just blue. Yep. Common is whatever the brand's using for common. It might be black, right? Yep. So put a black on it. Put black to black. Why can't we just line them up? Yep. Um, yeah. They put in Goodman, so they use orange as the reversing valve. Then they put a, a, a root in that day or a ream. They put orange on the blue wire. Just use blue. Yeah. Like, whatever they're you, whatever the brand's using is what I use. So, yep. typically that's an installer that doesn't do service because if you do service, you're already you know, trying to troubleshoot. And when they start mixing colors, it's like, God almighty, what? No, I was just no rip fun. it out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, I was real bad about just unwiring the whole thing and starting over. A lot of times it fixed it. <laughs> I'm just like, all right, here we yeah. go. We're good. Yeah. I think that's, 
I mean, that's a, that's most of the mist that I come across. Um, I think, of course, well, I was gonna say, uh, <laughs> oh, I see here. Yeah, we don't work for the factory yeah, either. Yeah, we don't, we don't work for the factory. Uh, we, we I work with the factory. Um, we don't work for them. Um, I think the other one is, you know, I've had, I've had some issues where a guy's put a system in and he gets a, a new inspector and it's one, you know, everybody's had that inspector that shows up and he gets, he, you know, he finds your install knee pad. I mean, install guide. Uh, yep. And hmm. he's, he's going through that thing with a fine tooth comb so that he can find something. Um, yeah, because if he don't, then he's just not doing his job. And I've had some people, you know, that there's there's really there's a few things, and I don't want to name them off because I don't want someone looking for that to be the next problem if they're an inspector listening <laughs> to this. I'm not giving you fuel, boys. Um, but it was something really really simple. It's it's your interpretation of how you read the way it is worded. It's yeah. You know, these manuals are written in in a bit more technical jargon a lot of times because it's an engineer writing it and right. it comes down to a matter of opinion and there's you know and contractors like well this guy says i've got a disc you know will you go and get me a, a letter from the factory saying i don't have to do this no they're not touching that's that. not happening it's just not going to happen. They're not going to The do letter it. from the factory is the install manual. Yeah. That's why it's 120 pages and they published it and put their name all over it. That's your letter. So the one I've got right now, Bruin, poor contractor, um, is massive warehouse, right? Yeah. 50, 60 foot roof on this thing. We got offices. I don't know how many square feet. 50,000. Or actually, probably more than that, hundred thousand. You got a little set of offices in the middle of the warehouse, and they've got an outdoor unit sitting on top of the offices, like a mezzanine. Yep. Um. Heat pump. He he put the heat pump in a pan, um, in case it you know was to sweat or defrost. Right, drains down to the drain. He's got a float switch on that. Um. Because he, he took one out and put this one in. Yep. Took an old one out, right? Got an air handler in the office, a little ton and a half or whatever it was. Um, now, I know we talked about this before. I didn't realize it was retrofit. I thought it was it was new. And it was, yeah, there's there's four more in there that are still need to be changed out. So, inspector comes out and says, I can't pass this. Um, it says on the data plate of the unit the outdoor unit outdoor use only <laughs> here we are in a warehouse that's non-conditioned um of course he calls me right i work for the factory yep. no i do not i work for a distributor he calls me and he says hey can you talk to this inspector and i'm like eh. I'm sitting here trying to go over all this legal in my head that I'm going to screw up. Um, <laughs> yeah. I said, sure, throw him on the phone there. I'll talk to him. I don't care. Um, I get the inspector on the phone and he says, yeah, everything looks good, but it, 
the outdoor unit it says it says outdoor use only and i said well you know we do require 50 inch clearance above the outdoor unit and six inches around the coal um, of course 24 on the um, access panel you gotta be able to squat down and work on it right so yep. 24 inches there but he said yeah i mean there's like fit you know 40 feet above this thing and it's just up on this office here and there's plenty of room around it but it's it's in a warehouse and i'm like okay is the warehouse condition he said no no you know what little heat we're gonna we're gonna blow off the top of that thing is it gonna heat the warehouse up he said no i said okay um what's the uh what's the issue i'm trying to be nice to him um to help the contractor he said well it says outdoor use and i said well and this is like you said right how do you interpret it well they they put that so that it's not installed in the condition space that the air handler is in correct i mean you can't put it in the same room yeah what are you gonna do here i'm gonna put this big condenser in the living room i mean where do you want me to put the thing i mean that brings me to another service call of mine but um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so i said i said, I said man move the, the dd33 <laughs> story to another episode yeah so <laughs> i said man you know it's he said well that's not what it says and i said well i understand that but uh, he said well if you could just get something get something from the factory get a letter from the factory and i knew that was going to get shot down so i called the factory and I said, hey, I uh, got, got a unit. needs to get inspected. It's in a warehouse. Of course, what does he say? How how much room's above it? How much room's around it? Is it conditioned? No. He said, what's well, good? I'm like, yeah, could you just could you just write that down and send it to me? <laughs> no. <laughs> Can't do it. I was like, he said, nah, we're, we're not touching that with a 10-foot pole, man. I'm like, because if, if they tell that guy, you got to look at it from there end, too. Mm-hmm. They tell that guy that it's okay, then then people will start putting units in inside the house, you know. Yeah. Outdoor unit being the living room. I mean, it sounds retarded, but they can't it's got you know. So this guy is still this has probably been a month. Um they won't pass it. Oh my gosh. I mean it's done. Like he's bought the equipment, he's put it in, he can't get paid. So they, he said, if I get an outside engineer to say that this is okay, will y'all pass it? And they said, well, yeah, we'll probably pass it then. He pays $700, gets an engineer, writes this long letter. And, of course, the whole time in the letter, in my opinion, okay. in my opinion. Yeah, well, in he's my an engineer. Opinion. You're doing this because they wanted his opinion. Right. They didn't pass it. Oh, he's like, well, somebody's giving me a refund on this money. Yeah, this is if they're saying, hey, this is up and pass it, and you get him that, and they don't pass. That's ridiculous. This is Winston Salem. He's going to have to go to the board, and um, somebody passed that other one. Yeah, I wonder if that other one's inspected. Yeah, or file. Yeah, I mean, I told him. I said, man, I can't. I can't help you any further. I mean, I, cause I don't work for the factory. I mean, yeah. I can't, he said, can you just give me like a letterhead? I said, no dude, I'm out. Yeah. 
I didn't even hear you say that. Yeah. No <laughs> I mean, he's just trying to get, he's just trying, yeah, to, he's get just trying to get but, it figured out. But at that point, it's just time to call Dale. Call up Dale yep. Dawson. So before I forget, putting the outdoor unit in the living room, so that didn't actually happen. But oh, dang it. I did. Oh, it was close. <laughs> I went to a call. In Atlanta, rough area. Um, of course, it was a no no cool call. So okay, you got no air. I walk up, knock on the door. I walk in, shut the door, and it was like really, really humid in the house. Like three times more humid in the house than it was outside. God, that that just feels it just feels really sticky in here. And I'm like, uh, well, what's going on? And they're like, yeah, the air's out. Um, we went and got a um, a window unit, but that thing ain't working either. Oh, gosh. I look over. They took the window unit out of the box, set it on the box, and plugged it in. They set it on the box and plugged it in. And plugged it in. And the carpet was drenched. Oh, God. And it was blowing hot air out the back just in the room. Yeah, You're con- it's conditioned. So the condenser oh. was in the room. <laughs> I didn't even know what to say. I was like, uh, yeah, I'll just start working on your other unit here. Yes, because uh, that's not going to work. They're like, man, that thing's blowing air out. It's blowing cold air, but it's just not cooling down in here. Yeah, because it's blowing hot air out the back. <laughs> the window unit. Like, hmm. Can't. You can't fix that. See, at first, I was waiting for the, yeah, no, I was waiting for that to be a window unit on a Porta John job or something. That'd be sweet. <laughs> That'd be something I would build right there. I saw that. Uh, right. I saw a picture of one of those the other day. We'll have to use it in a in an HVAC R and D ad at some point. I like the window unit. There's a meme on like hvac hacks it's got the window unit in the car and the generator is ratchet strapped to the trunk yep i've seen that one and it's run (laughs) then i saw another one the other day the guy had a they'd cut the glove compartment box out and everything and they mounted a window unit there (laughs) (laughs) we used to say put it on snowflake just turn it right over to snowflake yep Two snowflakes or three. <laughs> I just heard mine kick on outside. The old Goodman. By the, by the way, on our intro music, that is literally my outdoor unit. <laughs> it's struggling. We had we had one night. I think we caught mine from three stories up. Banging. Oh, I could episode. hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be. I don't want to beat Goodman up, but man, they they start hard. It's not that they start hard; they start loud. Yeah, that's their signature, man. Every time I hear that now, I keep waiting for the intro music to come in. No, I was waiting for it right then. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, just kidding! We ended the show when you didn't know." All right, so you got any more myths? Uh, no, I think, uh, I think I'm about missed out. 
HVAC R and D Mythbusters episode one done. <laughs> we'll have to save the the die shooter for another one. Yeah, I've got a we definitely need to do we should either do that one in the next few days or when I get back because I'm getting ready to go we to could Vegas probably anyway. Just, oh yeah. Well yeah, that's right. You're going to Yeah, me and Ryden are big dice players. Craps. I love playing some craps. Me too. Um hopefully we'll get some stories from you when you get back. Maybe we'll bring Zach on and we'll just have a big old We'll just have a big old party. So all right, well thanks for listening, guys. And uh hopefully you got something out of that. Like I said, I'm gonna try to bring some more technical stuff to this if I can, if I can stay on topic, but you know. Sometimes we just can't, but um, Ryden gets back from Vegas. We'll see what we can get into there and uh, see you next time. Have a good one, everybody.